everyone. Chuck Kaplinski and Pam, what's her name, back for Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Uh, it's been a week or two since we've talked. You know, it's been the time of year where it's a little dull, not much, and they're gearing up to dump everything on us in the last two months of the year. And studios have uh, they traditionally save what they think there is their are their better films for the end of the year so that they're fresh in the mind of those who vote for awards. But I don't know about you, Pam, but it seems as though this year has been worse than others as far as me trying to think of anything that was really exceptional up until this point. There's maybe one film that I saw that has really stuck with me, but there's really been nothing that's knocked me out. And I'm, I'm still waiting for that. Yeah, I, there are actually a few films that have stuck with me um, and they they weren't like big budget movies and they they weren't, I don't think, meant to be any kind of award contender yet. They're sticking with me. Um, but yeah, I haven't been knocked. My socks haven't been knocked off yet, you know, right. um, and they typically do wait until the end of the year. But this year just seems to be a little bit more sparse than most. I agree. I agree. And I wonder why that is. Um, yeah, I don't think the strike is really affecting that. Not now. Well, next year. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, though, we have to wait in a few more months before we see the effects of that. But uh, yeah, you know, every once in a while, you know, when you see the best picture of the year. Right. I mean, you walk out of the theater and you, know, and you say, that was the one. That's the one to be. And that hasn't happened yet. So here's hoping that happens soon. The ones we're going to talk about this week aren't those movies that's not no. to say bad but you know nothing that has really you know again uh gone out of its way to impress me what did you want to start with i'd love to start with quiz lady just because i know you're such a fan of aquafina oh god christ <laughs> would you like me to take this one yes you should okay um if you are looking for a lighthearted, fluffy, fun-filled type of film, this is the movie you've been waiting for. He's Excuse looking. me? No, Chuck, it's my turn. Now, oh, quiet man. now. Eat your doggy biscuits or whatever you're eating. Pop a pop tarts. Uh, oh, there you go. I think you'd be better off with the with the doggy biscuits personally. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, Hulu has Quiz Lady streaming now, and it stars Aquafina as Anne is kind of a savant, but she's also a loner and she's a loner for lots of different reasons. We find out a little bit more about her background throughout the course of this story. And it is a ridiculously silly story. Anne's mother is in a nursing home and she has learned that she has escaped the nursing home. And why did she escape? Because she has an $80,000 debt to some mobster of some sort for gambling. Anne is now on the hook for paying this along with her sister Jenny, played by Sandra O. Oh, and they don't really know how they're going to make this kind of money because they don't really make much money. In fact, uh, Jenny is homeless and wants to live with her sister Anne. But Anne has this crazy ability to know trivial facts and she sits every single day and watches a quiz show led by none other than terry mcteer played by will ferrell she knows the answers to every single question and her sister jenny takes a candid video of her and posts it on social media which goes viral and then all of a sudden we find that Anne has a tryout 
for this game show to win enough money to pay back these thugs. Um, this is okay. You are shaking your head the entire time, Chuck. You can't do that. I can. You told me I couldn't talk. I should be able to shake my head. <laughs> All right. Shake away. I'm going to block. Um, I had a lot of fun with this movie. It is very lighthearted. It is silly. We have different characters introduced at different times that continue to pique our interest. I like Aquafina. I enjoyed her more subdued performance in this. And Sandra Oh is the one who took it over the top. I enjoyed Jason Schwartzman as the smarmy um, game show winner who is hell-bent on getting to the record-breaking amount of money and number of wins on this game show. And Will Ferrell has a very sweet role as the very, again, subdued game show ho host. I mean, all of this is very reminiscent of Jeopardy. Um, we also have Francine played by Holland Taylor, and she's got a cameo. Uh, well, she's got more than a cameo. She's got a role as the cranky next door neighbor who's got a story of her own. Again, just to let you know, because this will not be a video podcast, this is only an audio podcast. I am sitting here and watching Chuck just shake, shake, shake his head. Shake Sonora. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like I got, uh, you know. Parkinson's over here. <laughs> anyway, this this was a lot of fun to me. It was lighthearted. I didn't have to think. I just was taken away and had fun. Chuck, do you like not like having fun? I like having fun. I'm a fun guy. Some people would, you know, I, I, you know, other molds don't have anything on me. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> um, but this was not fun. This was. It spun its wheels. How many conversations were there between the two sisters of, oh, you got to go on the game show. Oh, I can't. I can't do it. Yes, you can. You got to go on the game show. Oh, I can't. Yes, it did. I mean, it just beat that thing into the ground. And why did they have to take a road trip to Philadelphia? Can you explain that to me? Because that's where the, the tryouts were for the game show. Why? Why do you do that? I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, can't you just uh, have it in California where the show is? There were all these different tangents. And they I go to different places to do those things. The bulk of the movie should have been the game show. We wait, we wait way too long to get to the game show. I mean, can you imagine a series of those shows in which she, Aquafina, and the Jason Schwartzman character continue to tie? And they have to do another show and another show. And another show, you know, and they get to know each other. I mean, I thought the Schwartzman character was great, but there wasn't enough of it. And there certainly wasn't enough Will Ferrell either. I mean, I just thought they blew it. And for for Sandra O oh to overdo Aquafina, my God, she was beyond <laughs> irritating. Beyond irritating. So I I checked my watch, I checked my timepiece, my phone, whatever you want to call Time it. Timepiece. Okay, Ben Franklin. Re repeatedly. <laughs> and there's another thing. There's another thing. You had Tony Hale here uh, pretending to be Ben Franklin at this period hotel. He's got like two scenes. You got to do, you got to use that, man. So it just seemed to be a, a movie of wasted opportunities for me. Okay. Well, we, we disagree on that. And I don't like to have fun. So, you know. <laughs> Well, let's see if you have fun with the, the next one. Let's go. Let's go to fingernails. <laughs> fingernails. I liked this movie. I did not. It's problems. I, and, and I'm not going to, you know, go go on and on and say, oh, this is a perfect movie. It was not a perfect movie. But it got me to thinking. 
and, and that, of course, is uh, not something that many movies do. Fingernails takes place um, in the near future, I'm assuming. Um, was it because of the computer that they used to talk about matches? You thought that was in the future? What the fuck? Well, no. I mean, I thought that that was because of um, of them having this uh, test that they have come up with. There's a test in the near future, as I see it, uh, that can tell you whether you are with the person that you're supposed supposed to be with. Um, apparently, we get a precursor at the beginning of the film that tells us that if you look at a person's fingernails, you can tell whether they're having health or blood yeah. type problems. Yeah. Yeah, okay. doctors will look at your fingernails, they'll hold your hand and they'll look and see if you have those little white marks or if you have ripples. And that's that's indicative of different like heart disease and things like that. Okay. Diseases of the heart. That's clever. That's clever. Because this test involves you getting one of your fingernails ripped out and your partner getting his one of their fingernails ripped out and they put it in this high-tech computer reader that Pam was referring to. And so high tech. Other, it looked like it looked like my microwave with an old um P. What what was the na name of those little computer monitors that we had back in the day in 1980? At least it wasn't a microwave with like a dial. It, it didn't have the dial. Uh, I, I did see was, smoke coming out of it though. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, I thought that was. I thought it was ironic that you know they had this old school computers and all that stuff. Um, apparently though, they can tell you whether you're with the right person, whether you're both in love with each other whether only one person is truly in love or whether neither of you is in love with each other and you're just pretending. Um, Jesse Buckley, a performer who I am hot and cold on, uh, is Anna. And she is with Ryan, uh, played by Jeremy Allen White from- The Bear. Uh, what? The Bear. Oh, The Bear, the most overrated show on TV, right. Oh my God. Uh, they're together. They've had the uh, test done and they're they came back 100%. Everything's great. And They're they get rich. a certificate to say so. That's right. And you talk about you talk about something old school or tacky. It looks like something that you print off, you know, a, a ready-made thing that you print off a printer that, yeah. Um, but but she starts to have doubts. She starts to have doubts when she actually goes and starts to work at this love institute that does this test because she's curious as to about all this works. And she has her doubts when she meets her coworker played by the always wonderful uh, Riz Ahmed. Uh, you know him from The Sound of Metal, of course. Yeah, I loved him in that. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy's great. I mean, there's really nothing he uh, he can't do that, that I don't really like. Um, and of course, I have lost my uh, IMDB page with the character. Oh, there it is. Amir. Yeah. Riz plays Amir and uh, very low key. Very understanding. They work with couples that come in for therapy and to get the test. And she starts to fall for this guy. Um, and complications ensue. Um, again, I know this film has problems. I know it does. There's no question about it. But there was enough there to make me think about this. And there were enough quirky things about it that, that I thought were really funny. Because they'll put these couples through certain tests mm -hmm. to see actually supposed to be together and one of them is, is uh they they go they take them up into an airplane for the tandem parachuting thing right which i thought was really clever i mean that's probably the biggest laugh in the movie uh because yeah there's one guy who doesn't want to do this and there's no way that he is doing this 
Um, just this whole notion of, of this test, I, I thought was intriguing. Um, and it's interesting because there's another couple who go back and have the test done again when they start to fight or they start to doubt and they need that reassurance that in fact, they are supposed to be together. Does the test work? Who knows? I mean, that whole apple, that whole chicken or egg thing I th was, was what's going around in my head. I mean, if you have the test and you are, it shows that you're 100% compatible, is that the thing that you're hanging on to even if your instinct is telling you, no, this is wrong and people stay in relationships and they shouldn't? You know, uh, uh, that whole thing kind of intrigued me. And also then there's this self-fulfilling prophecy too. Say you go in with someone, there's one couple that goes in and it's 50%, one of them's in love, the other one's not. Well, you know, love takes a while. Love changes. Love grows. Are you going to take that result and say, okay, well, I guess we're done, and then walk away? And so those are the kind of things that were just going through my mind as I was watching this. Again, there are problems, but I was never bored. I've oh, never bored. Yeah. really? Yeah, yeah, you were. Oh, my uh, God. It and, was like, uh, when is something going to happen? I was, I was bored a lot. Um, I did love, you need a car I, chase or, or a big fist fight or something? Nope, Tampa? nope. Just needs something to happen besides ripping fingernails off. Um, that was internal doubt is nothing. Say that again. Internal doubt is nothing. Um, no, the, I, I didn't, I needed some emotion. Everything was so flatlined. Um, and that's why I, I felt like the, when you talk about characters being underutilized or actors being underutilized, I really feel that these actors were underutilized. And I, and I think they pulled Luke Wilson in as the inventor of this, this <laughs> test as the comedic relief, but he was, it just wasn't quite enough for me. And, and he was eccentric and odd and, and played his role deadpan, which can be very funny, um, but everything was so muted. The colors were muted. Their personalities were muted. Um, yeah, there is this thing about, you know, to me, it was like, okay, it was fate. You were destined to be with this other person because you matched 100%. And and that was that. And when she had doubts and she was attracted to Amir, Anna was attracted to Amir, um, it just didn't, it didn't feel authentic. Nothing felt, nothing well, felt. I felt nothing. Is is that though part of the uh, part of the film though? Well, if In it is, I just no can't one... connect to it that way. Then you know, I I need something to connect myself to a film, and I mean, even if I hate a movie, I gotta I gotta connect somewhere with something. To I didn't care what happened at the end. I really didn't. Okay, so, so... maybe I, I don't know. I just looked at it as as a. A society that was in repression, in denial, afraid to feel, and then they needed this confirmation. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. You know, it, it does make it a little hard to to be engaged when everyone is kind of walking around, you know, with everything, with their emotions just held inside. Right. And, and I felt like there was some emotion with um, Jeremy Allen White playing Ryan, Anna's um, husband, but he wasn't on screen enough to have a whole lot of emotion. Right, um, right. So there were these little glimpses of, oh, here we go. Oh, no, no, we don't. So I was disappointed in this one. I was looking forward to it. I typically like Jessie Buckley and the roles that she plays. 
Um, but this one just isn't my cup of tea. Okay. There we go. One. So are we, are we going to agree on anything this week? I don't know. I, I, how about Nyad? I don't know. You tell me. Oh my gosh. I loved Nyad. Yeah, you would. <laughs> and did you? I liked it. I liked it a lot. Okay. This, okay. So this one, talk about connecting with a character. I, from the very first scene connected with this character, not, and for those of you who don't know who Diana Nyad is, she is an ultra marathon swimmer and she is the, is and was the best of the best, um, throughout her entire career. And when she was 28 years old, she attempted to swim from Cuba, Havana, Cuba to the Florida Keys and she failed. Um, so now here we are fast forward and now she is um, approaching her 60th birthday, same as me, and wondering what have I done with my life? Where am I going? Is the best of everything behind me? Can I accomplish anything anymore? Am I too old to where's, do anything? Where's the excellence? Where's the excellence? Exactly. No says, more mediocrity. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of great pull quotes from from this movie. Um, but it boils down to this woman is, refuses to give up just because she's older. And I loved the message that this this sent out. And because I am approaching 60, I think it hit me a little bit harder. And no, I'm not an award-winning anything. And yes, I have done triathlons, but I've never gotten first place in it. But I would love to think that I can still do things once I hit 60. And after having a total knee replacement and being sick for the last two months, it's a little hard to wrap my head around being a little bit better when I turn 60. Um, we we go along the journey with Diana as she and um, her friend uh, Jodie Foster plays Bonnie. And Bonnie and she had been together a long time ago in a relationship. They no longer are, but they are best of friends. And Bonnie is a coach and Diana asks Bonnie to coach her in order to train, to swim, to make that swim, to finally fulfill her dream of swimming from Cuba to the Florida Keys. Um, of course, she is hesitant to do that, thinking, my God, you didn't do it when you were 28. How the hell are you going to do it when you're 60? And together they create this partnership and create this larger larger than life team of people that work together to try and try and try. And each attempt, I felt like I was right there with them when she was training, when she was in the water, when she was being stung by box jellyfish or man of wars and storms came in. Oh my God. I did open water training for triathlons and I had three foot waves and I thought I was going to drown. In fact, I almost did. And I was a good swimmer. So all of these, the cinema, cinematography of this really brought me into this film to help me feel the emotion and everything that everyone was feeling as Diana refused to give up, even when she needed to for her own safety and the safety of her, her crew and her team. Um, I thought Annette, Annette Benning, who plays Diana and I did a phenomenal job and she trained for a year for this role. Um, and Jodie Foster, my God, she did a, an incredible job as well. And the two of them together, you believe that they are lifelong friends and know each other inside and out. Um, their connection was truly there. And, oh, I just, I sobbed at the end. I loved every minute. <laughs> so this, 
Why am I not surprised? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was uplifting and inspirational. And like I said before, yes, I have a little bit more skin in the game here because I'm turning 60 also. And I loved the message. It's a good movie. It, it's really a good movie. Um, you know, it can't escape, you know, the whole sports film cliches uh, it, it, because it is what it is. Um, so, you know that going in. But I think the key is Foster and Benning. I mean, why these two haven't been in a movie together before? Right? I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, scripts are hard to come by which with two strong female roles. But they're just dynamite. You're right. I mean, you believe that they've been friends forever. Uh, just, see, you know, it's like seeing, you know, two of the best in a sport go up against each other. Uh, they were just fantastic. And they got, and that gets the film over, uh, you know, a couple of its of, of its bumps. Another guy I want to mention is, and I always uh, get his name wrong. Uh, is it Rias Ifans? Yes. Is that did I say that right? Or I, I think so. That's part? how I would say it. Yeah, Rice Ifans. He shows up as well, and I haven't seen him in a long time. Uh, but he shows up as their uh, navigator, a uh, guy by the name of um, let's see, what's his name, John. Uh, and that was the other thing that I found fascinating about the film was you get a back behind the scenes look of everything that goes into this. Right. You know, it's not just jumping in the water and we're going to swim. No. I mean, him going over these charts and looking at the weather and looking at the, you know, the Gulf Stream and how the water is is traveling and, oh, you can't go off a little bit or else we're going to. I mean, that to me was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. And it really that also helps get rid of rid of the sports film cliches because that just grounds it. It makes it much more real. Uh, so yeah, and that ending, boy, if if you're not a little teary at the ending, and I was too. I mean, that was really Yay. Uh, <laughs> especially when they cut back and forth between what we see and then the actual archival footage. Right. My God, my God. Uh, so it is really, really an interesting film. I wish you know this is one of those that I wish uh, Netflix would have trusted with a wider theatrical release. Right. That would have been uh, spectacular on the big screen. I mean, I, I watched it. I have a, I have a great setup, but to see it and be enveloped by it and a big screen right. would have been it, even more immersive. Saying, as you were saying, those swimming sequences on the big screen would have really been, you know, something to take in. Uh, I have a feeling uh, we're going to get some nominations for this one. I know that Netflix is probably counting on that. I hope uh, so. How people aren't nominated for, for acting awards. I don't quite know. I mean, they, they really, I don't want to say they make the film, but they do elevate it uh, to a point where it's it, it's really well done. Right. And and I think it's a great screenplay, too. I think it is. And, you know, and I, I mentioned this to you, you know, we text sometimes as we're watching things. Nyad was one of the co-writers, and I appreciated that they don't clean her up. Right. She's difficult. She's she, a pain in the ass. She's harsh. She, she's abrasive. Yeah. You know, so they don't, they don't, you know, Pollyanna things with her. They, she goes out of her way to present, hey, this is how I am. And that, of course, another dose of realism that we need. Right, right. And and I think, you know, the, um, the Elton John movie from a few years ago, and Elton John was a supervisor on the set for the whole thing. Um, he never looked bad in any of it. And let's be real here, people. No one's all good or all bad. And we all have a little bit of everything. We have bad days and ugly days. Um, and I do, I, I totally agree with you. I was shocked when you said, oh, don't you know that she's a, a co-writer and a, a producer on this? I'm like, no way. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that because 
it does paint her I won't say in a bad light, but in a real light, you know, real this woman, yeah. this, like you said, she's difficult to deal with. She's harsh. She's abrasive. She's, she is narcissistic, egocentric, oh, God. Yeah. you know, I mean, the world does revolve around her and every once in a while she figures out how to be a little bit more palpable. Um, but she's, she's her. And we, I think if I were to see her, I think I would say, oh, I know who you are, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that. Right. So um, well, there's, there's another a new movie out that you saw, and I think that one of your big objections was that you didn't feel as though it was paying an accurate picture of the subject. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't know what an accurate picture would be, and we're talking about Priscilla, um, Sofia Coppola's new movie that stars um, Kaylee Spaney as Pr um, Priscilla Presley, and Jacob Alordi, I believe is how you say his last name. He was in uh, Saltburn. Right. Yeah. Um, so he, and he plays Elvis Presley and we'll get to his performance a little bit. I really want to focus on Priscilla and I'm not going to make this too long because I know Chuck, you didn't see this, but I complained about the fact that, um, this, everything was just kind of glossed over. We meet Priscilla as a teenager at the age of 14 and Presley, I think is like 24 and he's at the height of his career. Um, and he, falls in love with this child and these parents that she's in Germany and her father is in the military and they're stationed in Germany, Berlin, I believe. And um, her parents allow her to go to these parties and to be courted by this 24 year old rock star. Um, man, talk about bad parenting. I mean, well, okay, but, Mike, but this, but this is true. We know this happened. Right. We, we know this is true. So, you know, years go by and she ends up um, flying out to Graceland and we learn about the, the courtship. We learn about the marriage. We learn about his affairs and we learn about their divorce. And there you have the movie. This is, I saw, again, it's the whole emotional aspect. There was there was not one ounce of emotion in this. And if there was an ounce, there certainly wasn't a pound of it. And I needed more. Um, I feel like it just glossed over. I never really, I, what I needed was like an internal voice. I needed to know what Priscilla Presley was thinking during these different situations. And some actors have the ability to communicate those thoughts to you with their 5 million facial expressions that they can do, and they can communicate that. Kaylee Spaney is not one of them. Um, I felt her performance to be rather flat, but I also feel like that's not all of her fault. I think it's the script, and well, and that's Sofia Coppola. I was going to say, and she's directing her as yes. well, so, you know. yes. And then also, and I know some people had issue with um, the um, Baz Luhrmann uh, Elvis from, was that last year? I think that was last year yeah. um, with Austin Butler playing um, Elvis. And he did such a phenomenal job. I think it's really tough and, and unfair to cast Jacob Elordi as Elvis because he was okay. But again, he was more of a one note wonder, no pun intended. Well, um, is he in the, in the background? Um, he, he has he's not totally in the background. Okay. Um, he's enough in the foreground that it's flat. So the entire film to me just fell flat. It was dull. I didn't learn anything about Priscilla Presley. Like I thought I might be able to, um, you know, I grew up listening to this and knowing the, the saga, um, this is my era and I didn't learn anything new and I didn't really 
care at the end either. The only thing that I was happy about that I loved is that the screening took place at 6 p.m. instead of 7 p.m. So I got home by 9 p.m. I was happy. Well, you know, it's interesting. <clears throat> I actually read something came across my feed today um, about how um, Lisa Marie had read the script mm -hmm. and had responded to Sofia Coppola after reading it, saying that she thought it was inaccurate. Oh, and thought that it came from a very it was a very dark version of the story. Yet Priscilla is credited as one of the writers and one of the producers of this film. So, right. And, and, and I don't know that it was a dark rendition. It was just a very glossed over rendition. And and Priscilla is uh, and I don't want to say I mean, she was in many ways a victim. She was a victim of bad parenting and she was a victim of an older man taking advantage of her. Um, but we don't get to see who she really was, you know, like we're talking about Diana Nyad, we got to see who she really was. And that was bold and brave. And this is not bold, nor is it brave. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I'll be curious to hear what you think about it, because it's getting a lot of buzz. And I am in the minority on this one as far as reviewing it. So well, I have to tell you, since you told me your opinion, I have, you know, any enthusiasm I might have had for it is waned. Uh, you know, and again, we're at the time of year where we're being, we're going to start being inundated with stuff to watch. Right. Uh, it's easy to let stuff get by you when there's so many options at hand. I mean, I made a list. I've got like eight or nine screener links for TV or movie things at home already that I haven't watched. Right. So we'll have to wait and see, but I'm going to do everybody a big, big favor. Do tell, and do tell. Oh, God, I saw an awful film the other night. And uh, <laughs> we talked about no movement. God, uh, this thing called The Marsh King's Daughter. Apparently, it was a bestseller of some sort. I don't know. Uh, and it stars Ben Mendelsohn as Jacob and Daisy Ridley as his daughter. And they live out in a swampy, marshy area. Uh, we get that early on and they hunt and they got a cabin and all this good stuff, and and they live off the land. Something's wrong with mom, but you know, mom's just kind of moody. She's just kind of <laughs> brushed aside, as 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 dad says. Yeah, don't don't pay attention to her. I mean, uh, Daisy Ridley character is really a a, a a daddy's girl with this okay. one. Well, unfortunately, some guy wanders into their camp at one point. Uh, he's lost in the woods with his uh, four wheeler. And suddenly mom just loses her shit, grabs the daughter and says, come on, we're getting out of here. And jumps on this four-wheeler to try and get out of here. Unfortunately, dad shoots this guy and they're trapped. Come to find out, old dad had kidnapped mom years before. Drug her out in the woods against her will. She has this girl out in the woods, so the girl doesn't know any difference. I mean, this is her world. And mom's just been waiting for a moment to get out of Dodge. Well, they do eventually get out of Dodge. And then dad has to come after the daughter. And they get away. And the daughter grows up wondering and never mentions dad to her husband, played by Garrett Hedlund. And wouldn't you know it, dad has been locked up. And he escapes. And oh guess who's going to come looking for him? God, this was a boring movie. What I just said was much more exciting. I know, right? That happens in the movie. Yeah, I could see your, I see your face. There's like you, I, it almost looks as though you're interested. From I was, I, was, I really was. Yeah, uh, but no, it just plods along. It just plods along. 
Uh, it just is like, Jesus, let's move this thing along. Let's just go. I mean, there's there's just a lot of, it was just a lot of the same problems I had with Quiz Lady as far as spinning its wheels. I don't need to see Daisy Ridley thinking and worrying again and again and again. <laughs> it's like the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> right. You, we know dad's going to show up, right? We know this is going to happen. So let's get there. Let's get there and move this story along. And it just doesn't. It just, I, I probably shouldn't admit this. Thankfully, it was a screener at home. The last half hour, I was fast forwarding. Yep. Yep. I stopped every couple of minutes. Okay. Stopped every couple of minutes. Okay. Didn't miss anything. I know exactly what happened. My, you know, I'm old. My time is precious. Yes. Absolutely. So, <laughs> as I've said many times, we suffer so you don't have to. So I just saved you all. If you had even thought about going to see the Marsh King's daughter, I just saved you about two hours of your time and about 10 bucks. So you're Thank welcome. Thank you, Chuck Kaplinski. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, one, I do want to mention, and we didn't talk about this before the before we recorded this. Um, I have been watching the morning show and it is amazing this this episode or this season, season three. If you haven't watched it or you haven't watched it at all, get caught up because let me tell you, talk about ripped from the headlines. It is intense. You do not want to miss the morning show streaming on Apple TV Plus. Are you watching okay. anything? Uh, no, I just wrapped up uh, Only Murders in the Building. Okay. Uh, I am going to start a, a show that I liked on HBO last year called The Gilded Age. Oh, okay. Okay. I remember you I talking like about that. that. Yeah, I like that show. And the uh, second season has just started. So I'm going to start that again. And of course, you know, the one I'm looking forward to that I cannot wait for is Monarch, uh, oh, the Godzilla yeah. uh, thing that uh, Apple is going to start. Uh, I know we have access to two or three of the episodes. I've just been waiting for like a three hour block of time where nothing can bother me and I can just jump in. And I know you're kind of interested because Kurt's son is there. Yeah, I, I am kind of excited about that one. I might actually watch it. So I will get it for you. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And I will time how much time the Russells are on screen and how much time the monsters on the screen, because uh, I know that's probably a key bit of information you need. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. Would you, if you would do like a ratio rating, right. that would be awesome. Maybe I should I just have you do that on a lot of different things. Okay. Russells <laughs> to monsters. Got it. Russell to monster ratio. I, okay. I, I, what is that? RTMR. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the RTMR on this is okay. Good. The RTMR on this one is. <laughs> I'm going to include that in my review. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, that's about all the time we have for this week's episode of Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Last week, we promised that we would be giving away a little something. We've got a surprise for one lucky winner on our Real Talk with Chuck and Pam Facebook group. So we'll be announcing the winner on there. If you haven't signed up, please join our group. We would love to have you a part as a part of it. And we'll be giving away more things in the future. Thanks for joining us. Real Talk with Chuck and Pam.com and on Facebook.